So we started our message, Grace Unleashed. I want to give you a quick story, then a quick definition, and then I'm going to dig into this a little more. But basically, the reason why we chose this sermon series, the reason why I feel like God wants to bring this up now, is because so many people, first of all, have the wrong definition of grace. All right? Um, Grace is only extended to you when you say the sinner's prayer, and then after that, it's up to you to maintain good behavior so God will bless you. And by the way, it's also okay to say amen, clap, shout, wave, hankies, all of that. Whatever you do at church, I'm not telling you to, but if you feel it, go for it. Because sometimes I'm preaching and everybody's quiet. I'm like, I'm getting nervous up here. So grace is extended to you. The moment you come to the altar or wherever you are, no matter where you receive Christ, the moment you say Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. He now takes personal ownership of you. The word Lord means owner. So if you're writing notes in your, in your bulletin there, and you've never heard that before, you thought Lord was a mystical word, the word Lord just means owner. So what you're saying is, is God, I'm no longer my own. You own me. Because in a kingdom, I taught you this, the king personally owns every piece of the property. It's not like a president, Barack Obama, don't own anything. He is voted in by the people. And when he's done, or last year he won, or the last time he won again, but we could have voted him out. It's up to us. It's different, and this is why our minds don't catch the kingdom, because in a kingdom, it's not up to you to be blessed. The only thing that's up to you is whether you will reject the blessing or not, because you're blessed. Amen? When God created Adam and Eve, he blessed them. So the moment you got saved, Jesus unleashed grace over your life, and now... The Bible says that now you, was to, now you were to live through him. Amen? So now it's no longer you. I know you say, well, okay, so what happens when I get saved? The Bible actually considers you to be dead. Amen? The Bible says, for you have died and you have been raised with new life in Christ. And if you have partaken in his burial, you shall also partake in his newness of life. Amen? So... In other words, when you start to make a mistake or you sin or you fall into that mess again, whatever you're dealing with, God doesn't record that. Because in God's mind, you're dead. And you say, well, I'm I'm not dead. I mean, I'm still here. You know, listen, the Bible says that now this life that I live in the flesh, I no longer live to myself for I have been crucified with Christ. And it's now it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So. What our problem is, is that we are viewing ourselves through our own experiences and through how everybody else views us instead of how God views us. God sees you and you were buried. Your sins were put away on the body of Jesus. And now Jesus was raised again. And now you live with him. Seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That is good news. I could stop right there and I don't have to say anything else. Listen, so I got a quick story I want to tell you because... One of my goals in this message is, there's two things. Last week we talked about unleashing grace for the mind. Because every destination starts in the mind. Every destination starts in the mind. The Bible says, let this mind also be in you that was in Christ. So what he's trying to do is get, the way Jesus thinks, he's trying to get you to think this way. And the world is always trying to get you to think their way. If you need something or a promotion, you step on people. You cut in line. You do what you got to do. You take care of yourself. God said, if you want to be great, you got to serve. He said, you got to get down. Even Jesus got down and washed the disciples' feet because he wanted to be great. Amen. So listen to this. 
And I'm reading this story. This is another guy's story. But it, when I was online, I was reading this blog. And I was like, man, what an awesome definition of grace. But listen to this. So I'm just going to read the blog as it's written. To illustrate the grace of God, I have often been told the true story of my friend who bought a brand new Jaguar convertible upon returning as a Vietnam veteran. And while, uh, while still wearing his army fatigues, my friend set out early one morning driving down a lonely stretch of road in Oklahoma, deciding to see how fast the car would go. He allowed it to accelerate to its maximum speed just as he came to the crest of a small hill. A patrolman, uh, he reached a patrolman with his radar. And my friend knew it was all over. Although it took him a mile or so to bring the car to a stop where he sat waiting for the policeman to catch up with him. The, the patrolman stopped his car and slowly proceeded to approach my friend waiting with the, his driver's license in hand. And the man said, do you have any idea just how fast you were going? He says, not exactly. My friend sheepishly replied, 163 miles per hour. He was moving. 163 miles per hour. The policeman responded, that sounds about right, he said. My friend did not expect the patrolman's next statement. He says, would you mind if I look under the engine? He says, not at all. A half an hour or so later, the two men finished a cup of coffee at a nearby coffee shop before the patrolman drove off, never have given him a ticket. It gets better. So the man... Broke the law, knew he broke it, knew he broke it big time, 163 miles an hour. That's a big, big speeding ticket, okay? And then when the patrolman came up, he let him off the hook, paid for his coffee, and didn't give him a ticket. But watch this. That just does not, though, give us a deep enough, that's a good definition, it just doesn't quite really explain it because this is what you got to do to accept grace grace being unleashed the first step to it is you have to realize how much you have been forgiven before you can realize how much has been done amen the bible tells the story of the men who had a debt and they they went to pay the debt and they could not pay the debt and the man forgave both men he forgave one of a lot and one of a little and and jesus said who do you think loves me more he said well i guess the one who you forgave the more he said exactly Because him who I have forgiven much loves much. So if you're having a problem with your passion, excitement about church and things of God and stuff and you're struggling, all you got to do is reflect back on how much he has done for you and then it'll hit you. But listen to this. Let me revise the story a little bit. I therefore must revise my illustration, the man says, adding a little fiction to more accurately describe the grace of God. As my friend broke over the top of the hill at 163 miles per hour, he slammed on the brakes, causing the car to go out of control, smashing into the police car, nearly destroying it, and shaking up the officer very badly. Instead of letting my friend go without a ticket, the officer must write a ticket. Listen to that. When you break the law, the law must punish the lawbreaker. He must write a ticket, and then he paid the ticket himself. So he was forced, because he's an upkeeper of the law, to write the ticket. He has to. To be a just policeman, not to just give the guy the hookup, it's okay. That's not how grace works. God has to punish sin. He has to punish our bad deeds. And then, he paid the ticket himself. He must not allow my friend to pay for anything. Not even his coffee. Now that is grace. 
The kind of grace the Bible speaks of, the grace of God toward those who are saved. Amen? Now, I want you to go to, back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. If you'll throw that on the screen for me. Do you see where I'm going here? Grace being unleashed, the first step to grace entering your life is this. You have to realize that your life spun out of control and you smashed into the law, the lawman, and he is forced to punish you. And so God could have looked down on the earth and said, you know, Adam was at that point a criminal, technically. God could have said, you know what? I gave him everything he needed. He disobeyed. He's a lawbreaker. He's guilty of a crime. If I am a just and good God, I have to punish this. I can't just let him off the hook. Because a lot of times our view of grace is skewed because of this reason. We said, well, I'm not perfect, so the Lord will forgive me. When you go to court, the judge cannot just look at you and say, that's all right. I forgive you. He can't do that. That's what most Christians think grace is. The Lord is overlooking my sin. That's why they continue in it. Woo, Jesus. That's why they continue in that lifestyle. Because they didn't remember that they spun out of control, crashed into the car, and God has to punish them. See, we think he just overlooked it. See, he has to write the ticket. So, you go into the courtroom, God says, you are guilty of this. And I have to punish this. And then they get ready to cuff somebody, but they walk over to the corner and they grab Jesus and they cuff him and take him out. And you're standing there. You get to go free and go home free of all your bondages, not guilty of anything. And Jesus goes and pays your debt. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he goes to the cross. He goes to the electric chair or he goes to the cell. Jesus was in prison so you could be free. Jesus was broken so you could be well. Jesus became poor so you could become rich. People say, well, I don't think we're supposed to be rich. I don't think we're supposed to do that because Jesus was poor. Duh, Jesus was poor so you could be rich. Not so you could walk around poor too. Well, sickness is a part of it, Pastor Mike. Sometimes people get sick. Listen, every time I get sick, I have a violent, holy reaction. In my mind, it clicks. Wait, I ain't supposed to be sick. I don't walk around going, well, people get sick. I I stand in the mirror and look at myself and declare, I say, you have been freed. And I talk to the sickness. I speak the word of God over the sickness and say, let me go. I ain't got time to be sick. I can't change the world flat on my back. I have to be well. So the grace of God, even when it's my fault, the man was driving down the road at at the wrong rate of speed. He, it was, listen, have you ever got yourself in a situation and you go, I deserve this. Have you ever missed the mark, made a mistake, and said, and the guilt comes over and you say, you know what, I deserve that. Somebody goes off on you and you're just like, I, you know what, I deserve that. But what if, they, what if we learned how to unleash grace in the moments that we knew we had fallen short? So this is what God did. He took Jesus, shackled him, and took him, and he paid our debt. So Jesus now unleashes grace, and grace being unleashed in the earth means this. It means that God's original plan to put the kingdom of God in the earth is now valid, and it can be legally done because the people that are there are no longer illegal. I'm not getting too deep, but I just don't want you to walk out here like he told a good story today. I want to give you some word. Listen to this. So Jesus is, I told you this, and y'all, it's going to be stuck in your brain eventually. God's original idea was to make heaven, earth like heaven. He's trying to get heaven into the earth. And while we're trying to get out, God said, no, I'm trying to get in. You're trying to escape. I'm trying to invade. 
Amen. So, and he's trying to make you like Jesus. So Jesus said, now all, everything I have is yours. You understand that? Everything I have is yours. But have you ever felt yourself hitting up on things and you go, I don't know how to get around this. You may be, you know, I just, I'm in my young 30s now. I won't tell you which 30, but 30s. And, you know, I find myself, you know, looking back and say, man, sometimes I feel like I should be further along in life. Do you ever feel like that? Like, you know, when you were a child, you said, by now, I'm supposed to be rich. I'm like 40, 50. I'm supposed to be rich, have it going on. That was my plan. But sometimes you hit these walls and you don't really know what you're hitting up against. You have no idea. Wait, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. God's supposed, I'm supposed to be blessed. I'm supposed to be walking in the favor of God. I'm supposed to be overcomer. But you find yourself usually on the ropes defending yourself. Do you ever feel like the, the, the devil is on top of you just beating on you? Like one thing after another? And sometimes you can't even catch your balance. He's all over you. That's when you got to unleash grace. But listen, it can't come to your life unless it comes through your mind. So watch this. Matthew 4, verse 17, it says this. From that time, from the time Jesus was dunked and comes up and the Spirit of God descended upon him, he said, from that time, Jesus began to announce, or the word preach means announce, and say this. And this is what Jesus would say, his first public statement. He said this. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word repent means to change your mind. Not to say you're sorry. People think... You know, sometimes Christians will sit around and talk about their friends who are sinners, and they'll say, you know what, they just need to repent. And what they think they're saying is, that person just needs to go to God and say, I'm sorry. Right? Listen, God is tired of hearing sorry. You know what God wants to hear? He wants to hear that you have accepted Jesus. He don't want you to come to him and say, I'm so sorry. He wants you to come to him and say, Lord, can you help me? Jesus, will you take me? Jesus, will you accept me? That's the, that's the, that's the first uh, step of repenting. Amen? So in other words, he said, the kingdom of God cannot be received. Like these blessings that God has for you, it's paid for by Jesus. It's not because you have fallen short. It's not because you made some mistakes. Because guess what? You're going to make some more later today. And so what we think, grace is not even amazing grace anymore. It's like, I'm good today, and I'm walking in the light. But then as soon as I mess up, now I'm in darkness again, and i got to repent. And i got to come back and say, Lord, forgive me for that lie I told. And then now I'm back in God's good graces. I can receive a blessing. But then when I tell another little fib, I'm back over here, and I'm in that line again. Do you ever feel like you're on that treadmill? Like, I'm in, I'm out. Like, I'm on eggshells with God. I don't know if I'm good. Is my status good? I remember when I first got saved, I was like, Am I still saved? I still feel ugly. You know what I mean? Like when I first got saved, my first week, I went back to the club. I was back out there. I was like, man, I still, I still got the moves. I still, you know, can drink. I, you know, why didn't I lose all this? I got saved, didn't I? I went and started asking Christians. And you know what the sad thing is? None of them knew what to tell me. I'm not kidding you. I would say, hey, am I saved? And they would say, you know, I don't know. Your life still kind of looks like. I said, I know that, but I said the prayer. I believed. I was in that service. It was genuine. I said, God be my Lord, and I believe that it happened. I just don't feel any different. The life, the kingdom life, will not come until the mind changes. Why are you going on the path you're going on? Because that's the path your mind is on. So how do we get that untangled? This is a little bit of review. How do we get that untangled? To renew your mind, you have to unleash grace. I can't stand up here every week and tell you how to modify your behavior. That's not unleashing grace. I have to tell you, just remember when you crashed the car 
And the policeman wrote the ticket, but he would not let you pay for it. But he had to write the ticket. Just remember when you stood before the judge, God said, your sins are wicked. I have to punish it. Take Jesus away. And you go home. Sin no more. The woman caught in the act of adultery, Jesus gave her grace first and then said, sin no more. Jesus didn't say, you know, if you do that, it's going, you know, these people are going to keep following you around and, and bringing you to me. And like, you got to modify your behavior, girl. Stop sinning. You ever just want to look at people and say, stop sinning. They're like, why is my life a mess, Pastor Mike? I said, because you're sinning. But that don't work, y'all. I can't tell them that because you know what? That doesn't work. They start because eventually they go, okay, there's no way I can measure up. I'm out of here. I'm I'm done with this church thing. So unleashing grace is even against my nature sometimes. I'm trying. I want to say, just stop going over there. And the only way I can get them to stop going over there is if I unleash grace. And say, you know what? You have no idea how much Jesus has freed you. That's the problem. You have no idea you have control over this. You have no idea who you are because it's bullying you. But the moment you get an idea of who you really are and what Jesus came to do, you will start overcoming it. How do I know that? Because in Romans 5, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And it says that whoever would receive the gift of righteousness and grace said that person would reign in life. Not whoever would modify their behavior and be a good boy, a good girl. It said whoever would receive Jesus' righteousness in place of their wickedness, that person would begin to reign in life. I am just turning. I can see your face. I can just, the mind is just going, that's too good to be true. See, I could get up here and say you shouldn't smoke and cuss and drink and whatever. But you know what? That does not empower you to go out and change those things. But I got news for you. If you walk in sin, you're going to have a painful, long road. So I'm not telling you sin is not bad. It's evil. But the key to overcoming it is unleashing grace. Say unleashing grace. So if you want the kingdom life, which is what Jesus came to give you, you have to turn your mind, not your behavior. I would tweet that one. Turn my mind, not my behavior. Pastor Mike, that was a good one. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I was trying to give you a quick definition, uh, a better definition of grace. Let me, let me add one more thing to that. Oh, Jesus, there's so much right here. All right. So grace is this. It's, it's not a mystical force. Okay. Grace is a person. Luke chapter one says that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace is not a new like doctrine, not a new fad to preach. Grace is the gospel. Listen, everything. Listen, Jesus, by grace, made his kingdom available to you. When you receive grace, faith arises. You know, they, the preachers say, hey, you need more faith. You don't have enough faith. You need to get some more faith. You know how you get faith? Unleash grace. Start to reflect on how good God has been to you. And then the confidence, which is, which is faith, the confidence that it's already done. Because faith is the evidence of things hoped for. So that, that, all that is is a holy confidence that, man, something is done. Let me step into it. That's all that is. Stepping right into the nothing. Knowing it's done. How can I be so sure? Because I have this grace thing running through me. And I know he loves me. And I know he did it for me. And when I need a supply, I look at the cross and I know he has already finished the work. There's nothing left for me to do. I just, what's left for me to do is obey. Step into it. Speak to it. Receive it. Jesus said in Mark 11, he said, you would have whatever you say if you just believe it. Not if you work for it. 
See, it makes some people mad when I believe for stuff and then people just walk up to me and just hand me some money or a check or I've been given two cars, I've given away cars. People hate that kind of stuff. You know why? Because I shouldn't be getting that kind of stuff. They hate it when you get blessed and you didn't deserve it. You get the promotion, you're not even qualified. They say, well, I got the degree. I went to school for all these years. Listen, God's grace is greater than your education. God's grace is greater than whatever you're trying to overcome. God will put you in positions just to show people his grace. Sometimes God will just take you and use you to show people his grace. I love talking about grace. Isn't that good? Because this is God's advantage on your behalf. You can walk around and and brag on your intelligence or your pedigree or your trophies or your accolades or your fame or your fortune. But at the end of the day, the last will be first, the first will be last. And you know how I'm going to go right by those people? Grace. Not because I am faster. Grace. Just move right by Amen? Grace is so deep. I don't know how many weeks it will take to preach this, but as we get closer to Easter, we're going to have a solid, I mean, we're going to be so confident in what God has done for us, it's going to be crazy. Amen? Amen. All right. So, last week we talked about renewing the mind. If you need to get the, I can't review that right now, just go back to our website and the the message is on there in the full length. Amen? All right. So, let's go to, uh, let's go to Luke 19. Verse 1, put that up there for me. Amen. All right. So, changing the mind. So, here's, here's what happens. The reason you're behaving the way you're behaving is because you need to unleash grace. I just want to show you this one story right here. And I don't know, this might be the end, okay? So, listen to this. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now, um, now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. The Bible wants you to know. He was a tax collector. This is one of the most evil, wicked people back in that day that you'd run across. Tax collectors were wicked, evil, dirty people. And he was rich. I want you to know that. All right, next verse. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short of stature. So he ran ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Next verse. And when Jesus came to that place... He looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Stop. A wicked man is up in a tree with his crazy self, climbed up a tree now, and Jesus is passing by, and the Bible said that there was multitudes always around Jesus as he's walking through the streets. So Jesus is passing by, he's got all of these followers, and then he comes to a man who nobody would hang around, the tax collector. The, the tax collector was the guy that when they came into town, people run in the house and shut and lock the doors. So Jesus comes in, again, breaking all the rules because he is Jesus, extending, he's about to unleash grace on Zacchaeus. Now, I want you to see this. Zacchaeus spent his whole life becoming a tax collector and getting rich by doing that. Now, I want you to watch this. Listen, sometimes your reactions in life are caused because you have not understood God's grace. Watch what happens when he experiences grace. So he says, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. So here's what happens. He made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Your friends, or your evil friends, they're waiting for you to extend grace. And then they will receive Jesus joyfully. Next verse. But when they saw it, say when they saw it. They all complained. See, religious people are going to complain when God starts blessing you because you're just going to say, you know what? 
Every day when I wake up, I realize that grace is something that is continually flowing to me. It doesn't flow to me when I'm good. Grace is what keeps me in the storm. Grace is what holds me up when there's pressure on my life. Grace is not the thing I earn when I do good. I'm talking about something. I hope you're hearing this. Grace is not the thing that comes on me when something happens to me. Grace is the thing that I walk in daily. Grace is now my supply on a daily basis. Because I need grace every moment of every day. Because even when my thoughts get a hold of me, even when something overtakes me, overwhelms me. Listen, did you know that worry and fear is is also sin? Because the Bible says the definition of sin says anything that is not of faith. So your worries and stuff, you cannot spend your whole day confessing all of this stuff to stay clean. The Bible says that Jesus is now the end of the law for righteousness. Which means when he came, he put an end of you trying to keep the requirements. I hope you are taking notes because I am dropping bombs right now. Listen, so this will set you free. This message right here is better than the God's going to make you rich message. This right here is better than that. Okay, because now you're going to have peace. You're going to walk out the door saying, I might be in a season, but grace keeps me. I might need some help, but grace is going to keep me. I know God is for me because he extended grace to me. I don't have to earn some help, even though sometimes you feel God is far off from you. You need to check your mind, not check God. You don't have to go and say, God, did you leave me? Did you take a break? Did you turn around? What happened? You need to go to God and say, I know that you are for me. Y'all know the song we sang the other week? I know that you are for me. Amen. You got to know it because the devil's going to constantly make you go through that performance thing. Well, maybe it's because I did this. Maybe it's because I, oh, I thought that. And I know nobody else knew that, but I thought it. You cannot run from all the mess that's on TV and radio now. I can't hardly walk out the front door. I might as well get blindfolded and try to walk around. It's everywhere. Now, the only thing that's going to keep us sane in this society and believe that we are blessed and know where we're going is the fact that I know he is for me. You got to know it. So they complain, he says this, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Did you know that Jesus loves the sinner? I talked about two weeks ago, how, what is Jesus consumed with? He said, I came to seek and save that is lost. So excuse me, if you've been going to church all this time and feel like you have not gotten my attention, I'm a little busy pulling my children out of the fire. I'm a little busy uncovering the ones who are lost. I'm a little busy looking for my sheep. And I know you want another blessing, but this is what you need to know. You don't need another blessing. You need to step into the one you already have. You are blessed. Step into it. You just got to step into it. Listen, you are blessed. You ain't never going to get more blessed. You are blessed. You need to walk like you're blessed. Think like you're blessed. Know that when God, it seems like he has stepped away, he has not. God is as close as he will ever be to you right this second. Amen? Amen. So, uh, give me the next verse. Let me finish this. It's hard not to preach like every verse. So good. Zacchaeus stood, stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore it fourfold. When you experience grace, generosity flows. When you experience grace, you have the freedom to give. When you experience grace, you have the freedom to let people not be perfect around you. You have the freedom, but only when you experience grace. When you realize I crashed the car, he had to write the ticket. I was supposed to be the one, but he let me go free and he paid it himself. That image to me is just so, it's going to stick in my brain. I I mean, I just pulled that up last night, but that is going to stick in my brain that the police officer goes off and takes my punishment. 
even though I crashed into his car. Woo! Wouldn't, wouldn't that be an amazing world to live in? You know, where it's your mistake, but the bank goes, that's okay, we'll take the hit. Man, I remember when I was first learning how to do banking. This is Grace. I was first learning how to do banking, probably like 16 years old. I opened my first bank account or something, and I, I overdraft. Y'all know what overdraft is? Okay, it's where you don't have the money and you still swipe the card. Okay, so I bought like, like a drink or something at the gas station, okay? And, and, a, and, a, um, and a, a, like a Snickers bar, okay? So like a $2 snack cost me $37. And wouldn't it be nice if you called the bank and they said, that's all right, we'll take the hit. Every time you call, that's okay. No, they like to send you them fines, don't they? Fees and fines. That's, what, that's how they make their money. They hope you mess up. And see, people think that that's God. They think, oh, I can't wait till he messes up so I can slap him with the law. See? You didn't do it good enough. You was praising, but you didn't praise hard enough. You gave, but you didn't give enough. You didn't pray long enough. You didn't have a, you know, your prayer life is supposed to be five hours a day. Like Pastor Mike. My prayer life is not five hours a day most of the time, okay? Some, I've been in there a long time before, but I'm telling you, it's when God has apprehended me. Every other day, I have a, just a steady, good diet of in God's presence. I take time and schedule time. And I'm telling you, God is not impressed. He is blessing me because I'm in relationship with him. And so, did you see Zacchaeus? Are you seeing this? You see, look at his reaction to grace. Listen, when you know there's a sinner and you come up, look what Jesus would have said. Listen, give everything back to the people you stole it from and he just comes on him like you wicked man. He wouldn't have done that. But Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to come and stay with you today. And he probably feels like, whoa, 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 you don't need to come and stay with me. I'm, I'm a sinning, like, I'm dirty, Jesus. I'm, some of y'all might feel like that and you're sitting in church right now. You're like, I know Pastor Mike, you're talking about everybody else, but me, you don't know me. You don't know my past. You don't know what I'm involved with right now. You don't know what I'm struggling with right now. And I'm telling you, Jesus said, I'm coming to your house if you will let me. And I'm going to show look, I'm going to sit down with you, have dinner with you, and love on you. Until you just, he said, I will not relent until you give me everything. I will not let you go. I will not, I will not stop pursuing you. I'm preaching, man. Much better than you're shouting, but I'm preaching. Let me close with this right here. Man, this, you know what? This is week two. I don't know how long this will be. So far, is it good? Let, let me show you. I'm going to close out with this right here. Oh, my God. This is so, so good. Give me Galatians verse 2, chapter 2, excuse me, verse 19. Finish right here. See, at this church, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get a whole lot of grace, a whole lot of love of God, and guess what's going to happen to you? Stuff is going to just be, you're going to want to come in here and give your time away. You're going to want to come in, where can I serve? Where can I help? Where can I? Why? Because your heart is going to be overflowing with grace, and you say, you know what? I want to be a part of making this church grow because I want other people to know that God is not mad at them. I want other people to know God will bless you, whatever, whatever they're involved with. If they just turn and just change their mind and say, hold on, I can still receive Jesus even though I'm a sinner. And Jesus will come into their hearts, change their lives just like he did you, just like he did me. And God can do it. Amen. Watch this. Verse, uh, this is Galatians. I'm going to close right here. Galatians chapter 2 verse 19. For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. Next verse. So you through the law, the law, basically, we, we are considered dead. Did I give you all the verses? Oh, I didn't give you all the verses. Well, Jesus, let me flip in my Bible. So Galatians 2. Give me a second, guys. I thought I gave him, I was supposed to give him all those. Verse, uh, chapter 2. Where am I at? Verse 19. All right. For I through the law died. 
that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus didn't just love you and say, well, I love you. I I hope you turn it around soon. Jesus said, I love you and I gave myself for you. Do you see how the story of the, of the police officer fits into that now? Listen to verse 21. Paul says this. Now, I do, since I know this, listen to this. So, I understand Jesus gave himself for me. Now, since I know that, I do not set aside the grace of God. You actually have to take God's grace and move it aside just so you can get the credit. Just so you can have some self-righteousness. Just so you can feel like you did something. Instead of just getting in a posture of receiving from God, you actually have to take, because His grace is always in your face. So God is always looking to bless you, always trying to take you to the next level. And you would actually have to walk around every day, and this is what people do. You have to walk around every day and ignore grace. You have to walk around every day and close it off. And basically say, God, I'd rather live by my talent, my smarts, my credibility, my fame, whatever you got working for you, my looks, whatever it is. And you, you know, God said, you have to actually take my grace and move it to the side. In other words, you have to ignore the fact that Jesus gave himself for you in order to do that. Are you with me? So, we're not going to do that, amen? Amen. Now, some of you, okay, throw the last scripture, Exodus twenty-eight thirty-eight. Chris, can you come help me, sir? I'm going to close right here. We're done. But listen, yeah, leave that one up there for me. As long as Jesus, this, some of you guys are wondering, even, even though I'm sitting here telling you this, you're still kind of wondering, okay, Pastor Mike, what is tomorrow going to hold for me? What, when I leave here today, what can I expect? I still kind of feel like I have to do something. I mean, like, what if, my, what if my radio is full of filth? What if my TV is playing filth? What if I have a bunch of filth in my mind? What if I'm just a, just a nasty individual and nobody knows it? I look good on the outside, but I'm struggling on the inside. What, I mean, are you really saying God will come live in my house? God will come and raise me up to his level? God will take me and seat me with him in heavenly places? God will make me his son and then I can receive from him because I'm his son and not because I'm doing good or doing bad? Listen, I'm telling you, listen, watch this. Because sometimes we feel like grace only lasts for a moment. Listen, it's amazing grace. I feel his presence. It's amazing grace. Like you don't even know how amazing this is. It's amazing grace. It, it can go into every area of your life. If you're having a hard time at your job, unleash grace. If you're having a hard time learning something at your job, say, God, I know by your grace I can get this down. If you're having a hard time making a transition, say, God, by your grace, I will make this transition. If you're having a hard time forgiving somebody, say, God, by your grace, I will forgive. God, if, I, if you're having a hard time being strong for somebody, say, God, by your grace, I will be strong. Because Jesus said, it's when you are weak that my strength is perfected. That's grace. That's grace. That's grace. If I saw my child running and she fell down and she fell and I knew she was getting weak, I wouldn't sit back and wait for her to pick herself up. I'll run to her and pick her up and put her on my shoulders. So true repentance is the story of the 99 sheep and the one goes astray. Y'all know that story? The Bible says that when Jesus went out and found the sheep, that he picked it up and put it on his shoulders and took it back and celebrated. True repentance is when you let go of being in control and let Jesus carry you. 
When your feet are no longer touching the ground and you feel like you're free falling and you just trust grace. It's a scary transition, but it's a new way of life because now you're like, are you saying I'm not going to I'm not going to worry about these things anymore. Or, and what am I supposed to do? How do I operate in this? Grace is just simply telling God, hey, God, I know that this situation is facing me. Grace me to move through it. And he, I'm telling you, he will give you the strength. He will download the strategy. He will give you the partnership. He will give you whatever it is you need in your time of need. You got to go to God boldly and he will give it to you by grace. Exodus 38. Watch this. People don't really believe that they're clean but I want, I want you to, I'm going to give you this right here it says this so it shall be on Aaron's forehead that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel hallow and all their holy gifts and it shall always be on the forehead that they may be accepted before the Lord say I'm accepted it is on the finished work of Jesus. See, this, this scripture is talking about Aaron being the high priest of God. And the Bible says that he would wear a golden plate on his forehead that said that his thoughts were holy to the Lord. All of his thoughts were holy to the Lord. He wore that on the outside of the turban. But Jesus didn't have to wear that on the outside because that outwardly is what Jesus is inwardly. And so Jesus is now, the Bible says, our high priest. We, we no longer have men high priests. Okay? So now Jesus is my high priest. And I am accepted because the Bible says, as long as what's on his head, as long as it's still on his head, then I am accepted. As long as Jesus is still perfect, you never have to be. I want you to release yourself from being perfect right now. Just say, you know what? If I mess it up at my job, grace is going to cover me. If I make a mistake in that report, they're not going to fire me because grace is going to stop freaking out. Oh my God, oh my God, oh, I messed that up. I know I messed up. They're going to get me. They're going to fire me or whatever. Grace. I've been out in the field doing jobs before and I was like, oh my God, that's, that's the mistake they said. If you made that mistake, you're going to get fired. And I remember just praying, grace. God, grace. Grace. Unleash grace. Every area of your life, grace, grace, grace. Where you need finances, grace. Your mind is going crazy, grace. You feel the weight of the world. Grace, grace, grace. Jesus said, I am accepted before the Lord. I have made you accepted. Grace. Stand on your feet with me. <clears throat> we always do our giving at the end here. So we're going to worship God with our giving. If you need an envelope, it's under your chair. But as you do that, let me finish with this. We have a vision, guys. Ultimately, it's worldwide impact. And I think... I don't think that's a hard thing to accomplish. I mean, if you just look around, look at all the wonderful people God is assembling. If you just take a look around, it's not where it even started 24 weeks ago. I mean, it started with me driving down I-85 by myself, left my mom, uh, my wife uh, and Nia, my daughter, at home, only seeing them on the weekends, walking around, just telling people, hey, there's this new church coming, and we, you know, we, we need to build a team, and we need to raise some money. And, and, and then now look at what God has done. The way I see it is God has provided us 500 chairs in here because this is where we're going. Amen. And so I want you to help me. Listen, by being faithful and coming, by challenging yourself during your giving, by doing those things. Listen, that ain't for me. That's so we can unleash grace. That's so we can unleash grace. And anything that's holding you back in life, you need to let God's grace touch you right now. So close your eyes real quick. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to let you get out of here. 
But I got to pray this prayer over you. Have you been blessed today? Do you feel his love? Do you feel his arms wrapping around you? Do you feel his unconditional? You don't have to be perfect. Wherever you fall short, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Father, in the name of Jesus.